This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello. Hello. Wow. Salma Hussein. Yes. What a great honor and privilege to be interviewing you for the Children's Book Channel of the New, new Books Network. That, that's, a, that's a mouthful. New Books Network. Books Network. I'm going to speak to them. We have to fix <laughs> that. So, Salma, uh, we're here to celebrate an amazing uh, book, uh, The Diary of Mona Hassan. Uh, And um, I'm way out of my comfort zone today. And it's not because uh, you grew up in the Middle East somewhere Mm -hmm. and um, our paths have crossed. You immigrated from the Middle East to Toronto. I immigrated from Ottawa to the Middle East. Uh, um, and the, in the religious sense, we are cousins. Yes, that is true. And you have your Eid now, Eid al-Fitr. That is so true. here in Israel, we wish you a kula muuntum khair. Ah, thank you. I don't know what they wish you in Canada, uh, but I'm hoping you're having a, a terrific Eid. And uh, this is a special, a special honor and a, a real challenge for me uh, to interview you on your book, which is not... A picture book. Uh, so tell us about it. I'm going to let you talk about it. And then I'm going to bug you a little bit. Absolutely, as, as you should. Well, first of all, let me say thank you so much for your kind welcome. Um, I'm delighted and honored myself to be here. I think it's wonderful. It is Eid for us. Usually, it's Monday morning, typically you know, on in a different year, we would have taken this time off and be eating and stuffing ourselves with sweets. But here we are, it's pandemic. So we're like, let's not mingle with the crowds too much. Um, so I'm delighted to be doing this interview with you instead. This is The Secret Diary of Mona Hassan. It is an, what's called a middle grade book. So after picture books, you enter the realm of what's called middle grade. And these are young readers who are Um, ideally maybe reading on their own. They're anywhere from eight to 12 years old. I do feel The Secret Diary of Mona Hassan is a little bit upper middle grade uh, also because the themes are a bit more mature. You have a young girl who's going through puberty um, and other feelings. She's at that age where she's exploring and looking at the world around her. And what I like to say is you have to be at an age where you're ready to laugh at yourself and you have to be ready to laugh at the world because the world is beautiful and the world is absurd. And I think that's what uh, The Secret Diary of Mona Hassan captures uh, for this particular character. And I think for most of us, when we enter adolescence, most of us look around and we're like, wow, this world is 
beautiful and has a lot of zaniness, funniness, and absurdity to it. So um, that's what I've tried to capture in this book. It's lovely that you made a journey of your own self from Ottawa to Israel. I made a journey in the opposite direction. I was going from the Middle East to Canada. So, I mean, we all have such wonderful journeys and adventures that we've been on. And we learn so much when we look at other people's journeys. And we're like, hmm, in what ways were my journeys similar to someone else's? And in what ways are they different? I think it's wonderful if we just question those things and sit and reflect with it and gain and grow from that reflection. So anyways, we have so much to talk about. I, I could so, go on. So, so no, no. Um, one of the things I teach my students is yes. to make a journey. Mm. That creating your own fate is important. And it, mm. it sounds like um, a contradiction in terms. But when you move from Abu Dhabi to Toronto, you certainly yeah. have another life. Yes. Uh, a different life than you'd have in the Middle East and, and the opposite for me. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to ask you about your life, but one of the things that intrigued me mm -hmm. when reading this confessional diary, yes, uh, and even I was almost embarrassed at some stages, um, <laughs> was uh, how, what percent of this is uh, Salma? Without going into the specifics, like... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, um, great question. It's a first novel. I think they say, I think, um, I think the consensus is for first-time authors, you draw heavily from your own life. And I'm no exception to the rule. I have drawn heavily from my life. Mona Hassan is a young Pakistani Muslim girl who's growing up in Abu Dhabi, which I did. She immigrates around the time that I did as well. Are some of her... Con confessional feelings and thoughts, uh, things that I experienced. Yes, yes, um, these are- So you, you could answer by just saying 80%, 90%. I'm because if, if you don't, I'm gonna, if you don't, I'm gonna ask you specific questions. I'm gonna say 50-50, let's say 50-50. At the end of the day, it is um, a novel and I was constricted to make it more interesting than my own life was. Uh, so I had to introduce some things, some funny stuff that happens that didn't quite happen to me. Um, I'll say that I used fiction to get at the truth, if that makes sense, Mel. Uh, so let's say 50-50. Um, there's a fair amount of stuff that did not happen in the way. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Uh, so Salma, I love that yeah. because yeah. I believe that when you write fiction, mm -hmm. you, you create a truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so take us through your, your childhood. How mm -hmm. did it, let's say, differ from the, uh, from from the, the diary, the diary, the very exposing diary of Mona? Yeah. Um, well, so my own, my own family is bigger, number one. So here Mona is the oldest child and she's a bit of a pesky brat. She's very um, happy to be the oldest child and takes her position very seriously. She's like, I'm the best, I'm older. I was not the oldest child. I was the one in the middle. Um, so I had a, a bigger family and Mona just has a younger sibling. That's a, 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 a younger sibling that bothers her all the time. The, exactly. And I think that's, no, I was actually quite close to my younger sister, but we had some of no, these No, but I, I'm thinking that maybe you were the younger sister a little bit in your story. Uh, that's what I would like to think. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'd like to think. Um, what else can I tell you, broadly speaking? You have a mother here who's going through 
can I give away some of the spoilers? Can I say the mother is going through? I, I, I think oh, I'm going to say this. Um, yes. it, it's not a picture book. So right. even though you're showing the beautiful uh, cover, yes. um, uh, usually we give something away to our listeners okay. um, because we want them to run out and buy the book, which is, and I, and I must say, um, it, I, you know, I don't read uh, middle grade, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, was, um, it was so interesting for me. You know, and I, 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 I'm so happy I read it. You know, I really, honestly, Mel, I really tried to make this, though it's being marketed, I really wanted all ages to enjoy it post, let's say, you know, 12 and a half. Um, So I really wanted everyone to enjoy it. Anyone who's a kid or kid at heart should be able to enjoy it. So yes, in this book, the mother is going through depression. Um, So I'll give you the broad general stuff that happens. I think you still need to read it. One second. We have to tell our readers. Yes. You talked about middle grade being between 8 and 11. Yes. And you say now this book is for 12-year-olds? I I, I say this is upper middle grade. So middle grade technically is 8 to uh, 11. Mm -hmm. And then there's a category that's being defined now that's called upper middle grade. So anything 12 plus, but not quite young adult. I don't know what these categories mean, Mel. But a precocious 11-year-old will enjoy this. I, 100%. Because, because Mona is 11. Okay, yes. so so mm-hmm. um, her mother in the story has depression. Uh, yeah, and that is uh, that, that does, uh, that does um, reflect the truth. Um, so my own mother was going through depression as well. You, you, there's the father's journey where the father moves from his... He's a, he's a banker, well-established banker in the Middle East, and he moves to Toronto and has trouble finding a job and has to... Ends up in a gas station. Ends up working at a gas station. This also reflects reality, Mel. Wow. So that was pulled from reality. Um, you have Mona making friendships, and some of those are reflected. I won't tell you which ones unless you pointedly ask me. No, I'm going to ask you about Walid, uh, sure. Mona's first boyfriend. Yes. Uh, is that... Uh... Is there a Walid? Uh, there was a very good-looking Walid when I lived <laughs> in the Middle East, yes. Um, everyone loved Walid. Uh, so he, Walid was like the star of the school. Did, did I, Salma, date Walid? No, that did not happen. Do young girls in the Middle East date good-looking boys that they find? Yes, 100% it happens. So that does happen. Um, and that is reflected in this. Do young girls have infatuation and crazy feelings for um, boys that they find attractive. Yes, that does happen. Or girls and or girls that they find attractive, that also happens. So I try to insert some of that that we don't see represented as often. And I am privileged enough to live in Canada to be able to explore those issues um, and explore that reality. And I wanted to because we do have... um, so many people who are being displaced and move, are moving from the Middle East to Canada or North America, um, they are leaving certain lives uh, that they can speak about or not speak about from the places they come from, and they have to make new lives in Canada. And it's a time of great confusion. I captured it for myself, and this book is set in the 1990s, so it's a little bit, you know, it's set earlier. Um, but I have no doubt in my mind that kids today are facing the exact same challenges, the exact same confusions. And the book is meant to kind of present them with a mirror and a window into 
into the truths that we don't often speak about. And I think there's so much to be gained when we do speak about them because it will make young kids or even you know, older kids feel less alone in the world. And I think that's an important feeling. I think it's incredible. So this book is a little, uh, how shall we say, you talk about a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, a, uh, the angst of a, of, a, of a girl growing into womanhood. Um, I'm not sure that this book would go over well if it were published in the Abu Dhabi or Pakistan. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, would it? Would I write that? Would I be the person? Would I? I probably, I don't know. I have, I have kids. So yeah, I, you know, that's, and because the beginning of the book pokes fun at a lot of systems, pokes fun at many different things and systems and ways of thinking, I can tell you, I don't know about Abu Dhabi, but I can tell you about Pakistan. I would be very fearful because I know Pakistan a little bit more intimately. It's my parents' country. I would be very fearful to publish it there. Yeah, so certainly uh, Urdu is not the first language it's going to be translated into. It might be, you know, but the the thing is, there is a hunger for those stories. there's a there's a real hunger for those stories. There are some writers who in the past have explored similar issues and done a really good job. In today's climate, would I take that risk? Personally, I'm not that brave. No, <laughs> I, I would not. But maybe you can translate it to Urdu while living in, uh, in Canada. Possibly. But then is there enough of a market here of kids who speak their mother tongue in as much fluency to be able to understand? I doubt it. I think okay, but, but um, maybe it could go online somehow. We have to talk about this. We, we uh, can talk about this. Okay, because there are many millions of, uh, of young, young ladies uh, yes. who speak Urdu uh, who would benefit greatly from this uh, secret diary of yours. And it, <laughs> it is a secret diary. It should, it's a, it's a it should be shared. It certainly taught yeah. me a, a lot about, um, about uh, young girls. You know, my yes. daughter and I, uh, we were at loggerheads from the age of about 11 or 12 till she was 16. Mm. And after I should have read your book, that <laughs> wasn't written, of course. Yes. Um, and and maybe you were five when my daughter was 12. I don't know how old you are. Um, so how about the Gulf War? Yes. Because I'm reading about the Gulf War in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the same experience with Iraq. Mm-hmm. Here in Tel Aviv and Ramat Gan, uh, sealing the windows and uh, making sure there were no bubbles. Yes. Uh, And, you know, so for many of us, I think the Gulf War was, feels like that one of the pivot points, right? Where you reevaluated what's your safety and security in in the area that you're in. And what I remember during that time, and my family moved over during the second Gulf War, I said this during the first Gulf War, just because in terms of geography and history, I thought that was easier for um, readers. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a time of great instability, instability for all of us in the Middle East, right? And, and I do mention there's some attacks that happen in Haifa, and that's pulled from reality. Um, that that actually did happen. Nobody knew what we, we were here. We were here. Yeah, you, you were there. You were living it. So it was a time period. You were like, "What's going to happen? Is this whole place going to collapse? Who's going to ally with whom? Um, what's that going to mean?" And 
what I remember is a lot of families from my parents' circle, many of us were contemplating moving. And many of us were like, where do we go? In our case, because my uh, parents came from Pakistan, which was highly unstable at that time, Pakistan did not seem like an option, like a viable option for us to go, um, or it did not seem like a desirable option for us to go. And so we were lucky enough to be able to immigrate to Canada. And so, we just uh, do so. How, how old were you when you, when you uh, came to I, Canada? I was older. So what happened? Oh, and here's some stuff that's a little bit different as well. We actually went to the United States first. So we did what everybody was doing, apply to a whole bunch of countries to see who will respond first. The U.S. responded first. So we actually, so I was 12 when we left and we lived in California for a year and a half. Um, and then we moved to Canada because the Canadian papers came and then we thought okay let's move to Canada because we were in California we were in LA it was a big city it seemed kind of scary to us um, so we chose to go to Canada which seemed quieter more peaceful and more mild and more calm um, so I was 14 years old when I arrived in Canada so again a very destabilizing time for anyone to make a move in their life and particularly for me because I felt like I left I lived a very sheltered life in the Middle East, as many girls do. Um, it's very sheltered in its own way. And I think I tried to capture some of that from Mona as well. It's fairly, you know, tame, sheltered life. Um, and then you move to Canada and it's just, or you move to more North America and it's just very different. Um, and the world seems alive with possibility in a way it was not before. Okay, let's, let's go back now to, uh, to young, uh, precocious uh, Mona. Mm-hmm. Uh, who writes poetry in yes. English? In English, yes. Uh, are you the uh, young precocious Salma who wrote poetry? Uh, yes, definitely. I think. I mean, I was writing stories and poems from a very young age. In this book, Mona writes hilariously writes ter- terrible poetry, um, and it's meant. I was. To gonna, I, I didn't want to say anything <laughs> about that. No, you know, no, because no. because uh, I said, oh, oh no, you know, the Jews say, oi vey. Like, <laughs> her, her yes. poetry kind of stinks so I, i'm i'm uh, okay so that's on purpose the, the, yes yes no it's very intentional uh, no I, I feel much better now <laughs> no no it's meant to evoke a laugh um because i think when we're young we take ourselves so seriously and mona takes herself very seriously as a very um astute and intelligent articulate poetess she calls herself but of course her ter- her poetry is terrible as much of our poetry when, that we write in our young ages is terrible but um and it's really an homage to the the secret diary of adrian mole which if you like this style of um, book i would encourage you to pick up that one as well because it's written very much in that style you have a comically clueless teenager who's growing up and trying to make sense of puberty and life um, and also writes terrible poetry. <laughs> and, and also, and also uh, makes uh, interesting requests from Allah. Yeah, you know, Adrian it's Mole... So, it, it, yeah. It's so endearing. <laughs> yes. Adrian Mole did not. That, you know, Mel, I was piecing together bits and pieces of my favorite books and that making her demands on Allah, that bit came from Judy Bloom's famous book, Are You There, God?, and I yes. wanted to pay homage to that. And you have a young teena- teenage girl talking to God. Um, and I, I thought, oh, how lovely if Mona can do that too and talk to God in this book. Um, it, it's, it's wonderful that you're giving credit to other authors. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it just it makes us stronger when we give credit to our sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really uh, lovely on your part. Um, so uh, we have here a a uh, Mona who is similar, similar to Salma, but but different. Now I want to take you on your writing career, your actual writing yeah. career, mm-hmm. because you told me uh, before we went on the air that your mother tongue is Urdu. Correct. Yes. Uh, so you're not writing in your mother tongue. Uh, there are many successful authors who write in their second language. Mm. And there's certain advantages to that. But I'm going to stop. Talk mm. about your writing career. Well, this is my debut novel. So this is my first book that's been published. I have published pieces here and there, short stories or poems in Canadian literary magazines. But this is really my first work. How did that start, uh, though? How did this start? Um Sometime in 2000, and I got the idea for the book, um, and that was when my daughter, actually, um, she was five years old at that time, and she turned to me at bedtime, and she said very sleepily, she was like, Mama, you didn't grow up in Canada, did you? You grew up in the, you, you were born elsewhere. Were you a regular kid just like us? And my daughter asked me that. And you would think that my daughter, I speak a little bit of Urdu at home, and she sees her culture. I was surprised my daughter who's born in Canada would ask me that. And the fact that she asked me that, I was like, hmm, I want to write a book that answers my child's question in a child's voice. Anyways, that was the spark for this idea, for this novel. And I was like, I want to write a kid about a regular girl growing up who didn't, who was not born in Canada. And what One second, but like? your, your daughter was five only four years ago. Yes. Yeah, yes. My, I did write this very quickly. Wow. I know, I know. You know, Mel, it, it, it was the book of my soul. Let's say I was also very fortunate. Like I, um, I'm writing full time. Also, you should know that. Um, and it came out in like I wrote like I was a woman possessed. Like everything just came out. I put together bits and pieces of my favorite books. So as we mentioned, Judy Bloom, I looked at her and how she does it so well. Adrian Mole, which I adore. Um, and there were a few other books as well that came out. Front Desk has come out while I was writing this. Inside Out and Back Again um, is a bit older. And that's a beautiful book as well about immigration. So sticking bits and pieces from my favorite books and cobbling it together. And mm-hmm. I had the broad idea for what I wanted to do. And then I just wrote like crazy and it all came out and I felt like it needed to come out. I felt very much possessed. Um, and it happened very quickly for me. Um, and then by chance, I found an agent. Um, I, uh, one, one second, one second. Finding an agent is one in a million. Mm. So you have to describe this to our uh, audience. I got insanely lucky, Mel. What happened is I submitted 10 pages of this manuscript to, there's a pitch competition that happens as part of Fold Festival in Canada. So um, you submit 10 sample pages and you get paired with an agent or an editor who provides you feedback. This is a voluntary thing that agents and editors do um, as part of giving back to the community. The festival is um, is called Fold Festival. I can give you the link later for um, audiences listening. And for, for, was, all our, for all our Canadian writers. Yes, for all the Canadian writers, I'll give you the link later, but look up Fold Festival, pitch 
perfect competition, but I will provide the link. Mm -hmm. And so I submitted those pages. I, by chance, got paired with an agent who handles um, middle grade. She really likes the Adrian Mole Diaries. And I had mentioned that in my query letter, as well as a few other books. She happened to be a fan of the other books. So she, so she liked the, you know, the plotting and uh, of this book. She liked those first few pages. She said, can you send me the rest? And I knew at that moment, if I sent her the rest and if she liked the rest, then she was likely going to make an offer to represent this book, which is exactly what happened. And I sent her the rest um, and she offered to represent me. And then we got a book deal easily because she mm -hmm. just loved it so much. And again, Mel, I don't think everyone's going to love this book. I am fully prepared. Some people are absolutely going to hate this book. Um, that's going to happen. Some people, and it's already happened. I've received some well, well, if if you're extremely religious or devout, uh, or extremely conservative, uh, you might not like the candor mm -hmm. of this book. But you know, yeah. as a seventy-year-old Jewish guy, yeah. uh, I I fell in love with with the persona. I love to hear it because I've been like, oh, did I say too much? But to me, this felt very real, you know, and it, to me, this is real. So I have been naive. I, I, I thought, you know, um, uh, when I read this, it's 100% you somehow. It, it is a real person, right? Because these because feelings it, it, are it, universal. It, 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 I, like I'm reading, I say, this is like a real true life diary. Mm -hmm. That's uh, exactly. And I, I, I'm shocked that it's not 100. <laughs> percent I uh, wish. But, no, I wish I had. To no, but, be but, very... but now it is. You see, now it's now it's a real diary. Yeah, I wish I had the kind of confidence, maybe on some level, that Mona does. Okay, mm -hmm. I think Mona has a bit more confidence than I do. I'm a bit more of a self-doubting person. Um, but you're you're a writer, aren't you? Yes, so that's also true. Uh, come, come, it, comes with the territory. So it, what, what, one second, Salma, Salma. Yeah. Uh, this is a good place to name your agent. Mm -hmm. Amy Tompkins is wonderful. She works for Transatlantic Agency, which is a very well-respected agency here in Canada. Amy Tompkins really enjoys humor. I think I can say that safely. Um, and she represents a wide variety of other authors. Um, She's just a really lovely person to work with as well. She's been in the industry for a while. Um, so if you get a chance, if you see that she's open for submissions, I wholeheartedly say, you know, send to her. She's a lovely person. Um, well, what writers need to appreciate, and I'm going to come back now to your success story. Mm. And I keep saying this is agents receive something in the order of 2000 manuscripts mm -hmm. a year. Um, some receive more mm -hmm. uh, and they usually accept less than five. I'm Come thinking back. two or three okay. uh, new writers a year, new writers. So the chance is one in a thousand. Mm -hmm. So yes, of course, you know, you, you have to have this serendipity of uh, falling on an agent who, uh, who loves the genre. Yes. But, Salma, it's not enough. You have to have a remarkable manuscript. And, and, and you did. Oh, but that's very sweet. Mel, the, the insecurity never ends. I'm still like, oh, I just got... And 100%, the luck involved in this publishing game is huge. Is huge. But, you know, in, in any walk of life, mm. 
you need you need the luck. Yeah. But when the luck happens, right, you have to have the lottery ticket, hmm. right? And um, I, I read a lot and I interview a lot of children's writers and there is something really spectacular about your book. And again, I'm, it's way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, I haven't read middle grade uh, mm-hmm. since the Hardy Boys <laughs> and I was maybe nine mm. You know, and I, I, I could barely get through the first, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Harry Potter. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is really not my genre, but I was like, um, I was like amazed at, at, at how much fun it was to get into this, uh, to get into Mona's secret life. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And um, so this book is is out now. It's out soon. I don't remember. It's out tomorrow. Tomorrow is the release date. So it wow. Will be, yeah. So it's available for purchase. I mean, you hit the um, Amazon, um, uh, or you know, you visit your local book bookstore and you support that, that's, them. That's that's much better. Yeah, yeah. You ask them, hey, can you arrange to have this delivered? Um, enjoy it. I really wanted people to laugh. A lot of it was written during the pandemic. So I thought this is a time period we all kind of need to laugh. It, it's incredible. About. I thought you wrote this 10 years ago. Uh, but but tell, you didn't talk about the publisher. Uh, the publisher. So Amy then uh, sent it out to publishers. Um, and that happened fairly quickly. I did have, you know, along with Amy, I made some changes to it based on her feedback. So we took out one or two storylines that weren't adding much. And then we sent it off to publishers. I heard back from um, Lynn Neeson, should I name her? The editor? Yes. At you, you just did. I don't edit these things. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So she uh, worked with me on the edits. Um, mm-hmm. Again, super, super nice, uh, wonderful person. Um, so again, I've had such a nice experience um, on this book. Really, it's now it, it's now out into the world. What will happen with it will happen with it. I hope it touches the people that it touches. And, you know, I hope I can shoulder whatever. Um, okay, so did you mention the publisher? Oh, the publisher, sorry. The publisher is Tundra. So it's the Canadian imprint. Yes. So if you can see that, Tundra is the Canadian imprint of Penguin Random House. So they've been lovely to work with. If you get a copy of the physical book, it's beautiful. Like it's just nicely laid out. The binding's nice. The paper quality is nice. It's, It's all very nice. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be published by a big, by a traditional publisher because then you have, you feel that, uh, it will get distributed. One of my worries when I wrote this was that, oh, no one will ever read it. Who's going to pick up a story of a young Muslim girl who's immigrating? I don't know. Will anyone be interested? That was my biggest fear. Um, but when you have Pegman behind you, you feel like, okay, it will get some distribution. Maybe somebody will be curious, pick it up. Maybe, maybe, you know, some crazy thing will happen and I'll end up on Mel Rosenberg's <laughs> podcast. Who knows? So um, how did how did that happen? How did that happen? You know, you're, you're my first uh, author who's not a picture book writer, I think. It's amazing. It's a great honor. Honestly, no, I, I, I said, I have to I have to meet this lady. <laughs> uh, I hope I embody more and more of Mona. Um, honestly, I mean, it's in there. It's dormant. Mm-hmm. Some can come out. Some cannot come out. So um, our time is now running short. So I want to remind myself to remind you of two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to ask you to read a uh, short portion, if you will. Sure. 
and um, I'm going to ask you at one age, at what age are you going to share mm. this book with your kids? Well, you know, the older one I already have, by the way. I the nine-year-old? I have. She's pretty young for it, but I did talk her through it. And so we read it together. She knew what I was writing about. Um, and she's an older, mature girl. So she was very curious. The younger one also wanted to read it. So we started and then we stopped because I was like, ah, she's not quite ready. Um, but she's very curious. So I'm going to have to do it to her, uh, read it to her or alongside her very soon because she's mm-hmm. very jealous. And, 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 and I hope your parents are well. My parents are very well. Yes. So what am I going to ask you now? I don't know what you're going to ask me now. Did my parents read it? You're going to ask Yes, me. of course. Yes. Uh, my, my parents are very well aware of what I write about and who I am. And I think I thank them in my acknowledgements yeah. uh, saying that I would not be who I am without them. And that is very much true. Um, I hope they're proud of it. They're proud that it's out in the world. Um, have we sat down and discussed each and every scene and scenario? Um, you know what I will say, unfortunately, Mel, I do think we live in an age where, and a time where negativity sells. Um, so the stories of our division, the stories of hatred among communities sell more, spread more than the stories of love between us. That's unfortunately just the way humanity is programmed or profit is programmed or what have you. These stories are out there. I'm not writing anything that does not exist. So the love is out there, it exists. Uh, Are people going to be appalled? Like, oh my God, how could she write about this? Listen, it's happening. Whether or not I'm writing about it, people are living lives of love and togetherness. So I'm putting it out in the book. So I'm I'm, I'm going to infer that the the, uh, candor in your story is uh, not going to be exactly... um, sweet for all years it's not going to be sweet for all years absolutely it won't but that, be. it makes it much more important to share it i think it does make it important to share it i think if we want to move towards a world and humanity that's more compassionate let's speak of these stories as well uh they okay exist. so salma I'm, I'm hoping you can just you have yes. a little yellow thing that you can open the book and read a passage yes Yes, tell me where you would like me to. Do you have a passage you want me to read, or? Yes, but but so what? <laughs> no, no. I, tell I, me I, your no, no, I no, I I won't because then I have to. My copy is on the computer, and I'm going to have to do all kinds uh, of um, all kinds of things. Let, let, let's see if you pick a part that I like. Well, there's so many parts. Um, I don't know what to gift. Let me just give. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> What shall I? So I want to give give the readers a taste of what's in the book, okay? Because um, I think you should kind of know what you're getting into, maybe a little bit. Um, so let's read this passage. January 8th, 1991. Today, we were supposed to have our first ever gym class. And I was so excited to learn about new chess scoring sports. But alas, we're off to a very bad start. Our whole class had to spend the morning standing at our desks and our much anticipated first gym class ever has now been moved to next week. Someone wrote sports are for sluts on one of the washroom stalls and PT class was canceled. S-L-U-T was underlined three times in thick, angry lashings. Oh, I mean lines. Who wrote this word? Our homeroom teacher, Mrs. Adila, demanded all morning. No one looked up. What does this word mean? 
we asked each other at lunchtime. No one could find it in any dictionary, so it's clearly misspelled. And that gives you a hint of what Mona's going through. March 30th, 1991. Ami and Abba argued about that word immigration again last night, which I looked up and it means that my parents are arguing about moving to a new country. Our parents have always blindly done whatever they've wanted, but this one would really take the cake. And I'll leave it at that. It's a short and sweet reading. Um, you have a young girl who's trying to make sense of a changing world um, and a world that's becoming all too adult for her very soon, which is what happens when you uh, are displaced, when you move from place to place during puberty. This if, if I were your parent, I would um, be very proud of you and figure that it all turned out all right. Ah, thank you. I'm sure they would love to know that. And, um, and secondly, I, I think it's, it's incredible that um, I can sit here next to Tel Aviv yeah. and uh, interview um, a, a Muslim writer yeah. who's celebrating Eid al-Fitr and her new book is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, thanks to Allah. <laughs> and um, and uh, I uh, hope that when I'm in Toronto, we'll actually get to meet and uh, and I will buy a copy of your book and perhaps you will autograph it for me. Inshallah, as we say. Inshallah. Uh, uh, you know, yes, absolutely. I hope when you are here, I will we'll do this offline, but I'll be giving you my deep contact details and then you better hit me up and let's go for a chai. Uh, tea. A, a chai, chai masala or something. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. So, okay. Um, so um, I just uh, want to say a giant thank you um, to tell all our listeners that I highly recommend this book. It is, it is so precious. Uh, and uh, Salma Hussein, on behalf of the uh, New Books Network, uh, this is Mel Rosenberg uh, for the Children's Literature Channel, saying a big thank you to you uh, for being on the program. Uh, a book that is essentially so full of optimism in the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, this... Uh, conversation has left me full of optimism also that isn't that wonderful i thank you mel these things can happen alone right it has to happen together so i think it's so wonderful that we are meeting online at least for now and then inshallah in person soon absolutely so thanks so much and good luck with this wonderful book <laughs> of yours thank you thank you bye 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 now